Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. We have a couple things that are coming, and we are excited to share some of those with you. The first of those things um, is something we're going to hand out to you right now. I've got some teens who are willing to come up here and help us hand these out. We could bring the house lights up a little bit. Um, I want to make sure everyone gets these. Come on, guys. July starts this week. Anyone ready for the fourth? Our teens are going to hand out a bookmark for you. And this is our new reading plan because we are wrapping up, have wrapped up the journey through the New Testament. And we are going to walk through wisdom in July. And as we do that, we've made a bookmark, so you can tuck it right in your Bible. You can put it in a handy spot. Uh, every day has a proverb, which is perfect for July because there's 31 proverbs, and there's 31 days in July. Deal? On the back, I've given you just a little bit of a, a thing you can do. Uh, three steps as you read. One is to thank God. Two is to ask God. Three is to pray to God. And so the idea is we are asking God, what is one thing from today's reading that you want me to apply to my life? The next question, what is holding me back from living fully by your wisdom? And then three, what is one practical way to put your word into action in my life right now? So the idea is that we, well, together as a church, should be reading scripture this, this month. And again, if you read something and you have questions about it, we don't care how long you've supposedly been a part of a church. Ask your questions. I still ask questions about things I'm reading, and I've been reading the Bible for a long time. So I would encourage you, if you have a question, if something doesn't make sense, please ask us. I love the conversations where I get to talk about those things, and sometimes I have the answer, and sometimes I say, I've got to find an answer with you. But ask questions. That's how we learn more about the Word of God. Um, Amen? Amen. What else is coming? So there's some other things that are coming, right? It wasn't just the reading plan for July. No. Go ahead. What else is coming? Uh, Well, some of it is coming out of uh, things that we talked about as a board uh, just recently in our board, our annual planning meeting. And uh, we just want to be able to share some of those things with you. And this whole sermon really is going to be about that. So that's today's kind of the kickoff for what's coming. But there is a whole like kind of rollout of some things happening in September. And so I know you're like, oh, that's a couple months away. But that's because we're pulling things together and getting some things in line. But we have some things that we're excited to, to talk about with you, to dream with you. Um, and like we said, today is the beginning of of kind of introducing you to some some of what this means for us and for real life and for what God is up to around here. So today's kind of, um, it's like a year in review a little bit. I know we did a highlight Sunday the end of, of the year last year, but we wanted to take just a minute and give you a snapshot of where we've been at as a church, um, both in activity but fiscally and some other things. So that's what today is about. Um, call it our annual church meeting if you want to, but this is our chance to share with you kind of what God has been up to today. So let's start with the word. Open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 
chapter 1, verse 1. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of, Jesus, of Christ Jesus, from our brother Sosthenes. I am writing to God's church in Corinth, to you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all the people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I always thank my God for you, for the gracious gifts he has given you, now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Through him, God has enriched your church in every way, with all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. This confirms what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly await for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this, for he is faithful to do what he says, and he has invited you into partnership with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. This is the word of God, and we all say together, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So um, Paul is writing to a very specific church in a town called Corinth. We are reading into what he has said to them, but, we re but as we read this, we recognize that it has effect on us today. We want to spend just a few moments today thinking about what Paul's words mean for us here at Real Life. He addresses his letter to the church, and whenever we hear the church, we should always be hearing those called to God's holy people, those called to be God's holy people. That's us. You know, church is not first and foremost about an organization. It's not about, you know, a, a structure. It's, it's about a people. It's about a people who have been called to be a peculiar people, an odd people. We are called to be a bunch of odd ducks. In our world, we are to be beacons or outposts in our world of what it is God is wanting to do. We are called to be holy. And so today, when we gather for church, um, the language is just weird because we, we get confused sometimes. So when we gather for church, we are gathering to be the people together on the mission, to encourage each other, to, um, to fellowship together, to worship together, to pray together, to share life together. This is what it means to be the church. And it boggles my mind the ways that we have seen the church reduced to a gathering of obligation and guilt when it was always intended to be a gathering of grace and peace that makes a tangible difference not only in our lives, but in the lives of everyone we're going to come in contact with this week. All this happens not because uh, you have amazing pastors, not because you have amazing volunteers or great music or or anything that is our own strength. It is always through Christ. We are made holy through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it is not by your strength, not by your might, but it is by the work of God in you that makes us holy. If you find yourself feeling spiritually anemic, uh, it, it might be a season of your life. It might be just a day. Let me just suggest this, that you... Find a way to spend time with Jesus, to get away with Jesus. 
You're going to turn music on. You're going to listen uh, as you just think, and you're going to pull the car over. You're going to find a, a, a way to get away from the rat race, and you're going to nestle up next to Jesus. You're going to hear his words. You're going to encounter his spirit. But you're going to find ways to be with Jesus. Paul says this, we say this, and on behalf of the entire pastoral staff, we say this, we are thankful for you. That's right. We gather on Tuesday mornings, uh, following prayer that we have online, we gather for staff meeting. And oftentimes, uh, we share about how thankful we are that we get to be a part of this church, this people. So when Paul says that to the church in Corinth, he's bragging on them. And we brag about you guys all the time. When we talk to friends and associates and people that we come in contact with, we, we tend to always find ourselves bragging about what happens among us here at Real Life. We are so blessed to be able to do life with you. Uh, even odd life, like uh, COVID season life. I, we're thankful that we got to do life with you guys in the midst of that, as complicated as it may have been. But we recognize that here at Real Life, we are doing our best to embrace what it means to live real. And oftentimes we will run into people who will say, uh, share a story about something that had happened in their life. And we're like, you know what, that, that's okay. Like, you know, we at Real Life are all about just the junk of life. But we recognize that that's not where we stop. We recognize that this is a place that embraces the, the, the clunky, we, it, we embrace the messy, we embrace all that people bring to the table because we know that God has something to do about real life. Amen. And we are thankful that we get to do that to you. See, God has given us a gracious gift. Each and every single one of us, God has blessed us with gracious gifts that we get to receive and we get to do something with. It goes all the way back into Genesis when God had a conversation with a man by the name of Abram. And he says, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. And that became a consistent, common storyline through all of history. God blesses so that we can be a blessing. God never blesses so that we can hold on to it with tight fists and accumulate for ourselves. But God always gives us, gives us gifts that we can use. We talk about spiritual gifts all the time. The way you've wired, God wants to use you to be a part of reaching this world for him. And he has wired you, each and every one of you. Look around, just take a moment, look around at the people next to you. They are different than you, aren't they? Some of them look a little better than you, don't they? I mean, um, they all, never mind. Um, God has given you a gracious gift. And the question is, what do you get to do with that gracious gift? God has enriched us. God always enriches people so they may enrich others. And as one of your pastors, I just want to say thank you for the ways in which you are enriching the lives of other people. Uh, most of you don't know all the ways that this church is enriching the lives of others. That's one of the things about being a pastor is we get front row seats to all of the ways that we as a church are blessing 
and enriching the lives of other people. And it is quite a vantage point that we get to sit in. But see, we have spiritual gifts. We have every spiritual gift we need as we wait for the return of Christ. Paul doesn't say you have every physical need, physical thing that you need. He says you have every spiritual gift that you need. So my question to you this morning is, as we think about what does it mean to live life with Christ and with each other, are you willing to press in on Jesus even when your physical, the things that you want, the things that you need, the answers to prayers that you are longing for, are you willing to press in on Jesus even if none of that gets answered? Are you willing to press in on the spiritual things that God has to do in your life even if he doesn't answer your physical request? That may be one of the biggest hangups that we have in faith. People struggle. Well, God's a vending machine. They don't actually say that, but that's what they're saying. Um, God's a vending machine, and I've put my quarters in, and I have not gotten out the, th- the, the thing that I've asked for. But church today... Can I just ask you, are, are you willing to live life with Christ even when you don't see things going the way you want them to go? Could it be, could it just be that you have everything you need in spite of all the things you think you don't have? That's a tough question to answer. But here's the reality. God is faithful to do what he said he would do. Time and time and time again, we hear the stories of people who have witnessed the faithfulness of God in their life. And sometimes the greatest evidence of God's faithfulness occurs in the midst of our greatest need and our greatest uh, longing, our greatest lack of God shows up as faithful. It's all about this. It's all about us joining in partnership with Jesus Christ. We are continually being invited into this partnership with Jesus. And the thing I love about a partnership is that it is two entities working together on a common purpose. It's not like God is the, uh, the, the slave driver and God is just working us to the bone. No, God says, I want to partner with you. I want to join with you as you live life so that we together can make a difference. This is what partnership with God is all about. We have partnered with God. God is partnering with us. God is always the one who initiates that partnership He invites us. He calls us by name and says, hey, would you join me? And we get to the opportunity to say yes or sometimes we say no. So the question that we want to ask today or the picture we want to paint is how have we partnered with God over this last year? In one of the, maybe the craziest year 
that any of us have ever known, how has our partnership with God gone? I'll just say this. I'm going to give you the end of the story. God has remained faithful. Raise your hand if in some way, shape, or form, God has remained faithful to you in your life. Raise your hand. People online, uh, I think everyone's got their hand raised in some way, shape, or form. God has remained faithful. And we want to just cover a few highlights. I need the teens back up here. Aren't they amazing? <clears throat> You're going to get a, uh, some of the parents are questioning about their, their own kids, but <laughs> that's all right. You guys are going to get one of these. Uh, if every one of you could have one, that's great. Uh, at least one per family. That would be awesome. There's, uh, as a pastor, uh, I have always struggled with what we call the annual meeting of the church, in part because I, we, have, we have chosen for that to be a time of reflection and remembering. And I always start making a list of the things I want to talk about when we talk about what God has done. And it's always just, it goes on and on and on and on. And it's hard for me to just kind of boil that down into a nutshell, but we are going to try our best. Now, there are things that have happened that are not on this sheet. Do not consider that this is the sum total of what's, uh, what's been happening this last year. For those of you online, this will be available to you uh, later uh, uh, this week. So be watching uh, our social media, and you'll be able to read what everyone got in their hands just now. Um, but I just want to walk through this briefly. Uh, and and I, I say this first one very carefully. So hear me say this. I, I, do, not, I, I, I do not intend to be flippant with this one. I do not uh, just hear my heart on that. Surviving COVID. I know that this has been a tough year. I know that you have been affected by COVID. I know that your family's been affected by COVID. I know some of you um, have lost people this year because of COVID. Mm -hmm. I do not want to belittle that. I do not want to push that to the side as though all of that was insignificant. But I do want to say this. God has been faithful at real life in the midst of COVID. Some of us have gotten sick. Some of us have been quarantined. Some of us has been greatly inconvenienced by COVID. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I think it pales in comparison to what we hear about going on out there. But for some reason, and I think a lot of it is you and I choosing to press forward in the midst of the hardships. Church, I believe that we are surviving. I'm not saying we have survived because it's an ongoing process. Right. But we at Real Life, I believe, are surviving COVID in some great ways. So thank you for being just those people who have taken the hits and have kept on going. <laughs> you guys have been awesome. I think our drive through Candyland was one of those examples of what COVID did. Um, it prevented us from doing some things we might normally do. And so we had to kind of Improvise. shift gears and, and come up with a different way to do something. And, and that was where the drive through Candyland was birthed. And we had no idea that we would have over 500 people drive through our little 
parking lot that night um, and still have it talked about and and people who've asked are we, are we doing it again so yeah yeah we are we don't know exactly what the details are yet but we've already started talking about as a staff what does this look like and what can this look like in a year where things have loosened up a little bit in comparison to last year we also through Candyland realized your social media reach because almost everyone that we saw come through there, we asked, well, how'd you hear about this? It was through a social media post that you all made on neighborhood Facebook pages, groups that you're a part of, and that is amazing. And it shows me that we have a reach far beyond the walls of our building. That's right. And I'm excited about that. And when you, it, it also shows the power of social media. You know, we, a lot of times we talk about the negative power of social media. Folks, we just proved the positive power of social media in the ability to communicate an event that had over 500 people through our parking lot. So we can reclaim by the things that we post on social media. And I think that this is a great example of partnership. Giving our social media to God for God to use to spread the gospel yeah. is important. Even if it means we have to go buy several hundred dollars worth of candy the night of an event because <laughs> we run out. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, we also this year saw the creation and the establishment of the blessing box here at real life which is exciting for a few reasons one of them is this we get to be a part of a network in our community that's already doing this we have joined that network and we get to be a part of the broader church in the borough that's doing great things to meet needs mm -hmm. and that's exciting to me i we are so thankful for the work that heather smith put into that and others who have just who invested and give and bring food. And I'll tell you, we've had some one-on-one -on -one contacts with people who have either given or received food from there who have talked about a life change. One lady came to me. I was out in the parking lot doing something one day, and she put some food in the box and then pulled up to talk to me. And she said, thank you for having this box here. There was a point in our life as a family that we just we needed a little extra help now we can give back and we want to do that and so it is just exciting to see how we are doing ministry outside of these walls it may be on the other side of the parking lot but we are just, we're looking outwards to the needs of the people and we recognize that for some people they don't recognize the spiritual gifts that they have right they recognize the physical needs that they have and if we can begin meeting the physical needs we're going to have an opportunity to speak to the spiritual needs in their life. I'm and I excited. wish I wish you could see on a daily basis how many people pull in and out of here and either put food in or take food out. It is an on, ongoing thing. That's why we say bring food regularly and help us stock the shelves because we really have people in and out of this parking lot all week. We had a conversation with Heather this week, and she was telling us that there's two or three new churches and businesses that are adding a blessing box to their parking lot. These things are going up all over Rutherford County. And it is so exciting to see what God's doing through a simple box full of food for people. Yep. The next thing we have is our Portico partnership. Um, it didn't quite turn out to be exactly what we'd hoped it would be this last year because of COVID, but we were still able to partner with them last May and fill baby bottles for them with coins and change, and that allows them to continue their ministry. Even their ministry had a, a unique and strange dynamic for a year for them to be able to minister to people. But that didn't stop their ministry. And so our, the coins that you guys give in, in May and that you gave again this May 
go to further the work of what's going on at Portico. And so we're excited about that partnership. We're excited to see it continue. Um, Jeremy and I got to sit through the banquet last fall, I believe it was, and we were just, our hearts were so filled. If you want to be a part of something, if that's something that interests you and you say, I'd like to go to the Portico banquet with you this year, I would like you to make sure you send us a note, send us a text and say, count me in for the Portico banquet. I want to be there. It it gives me chills even talking about it because of how incredible the ministry is that they have and to be able to sit there and just be blessed by hearing their report much like what we're doing right now we were so blessed by it so we're excited to partner with them further yeah uh as a part of our dna as a church we are not just a local church we are part of a global church and um i'm a product of that my parents were missionaries uh for 12 years of my life and i got to be on the other side of the world doing missions we have uh, other missionaries that are sitting in this room today that have served the Lord around the globe. Uh, we get to be a part, uh, one of our very own, uh, Teresa, is not only our local missions president, she's our district missions president. She also serves on a regional missions council that helps inform how the Church of the Nazarene functions globally. Um, we, as a local church this last year, gave about $10,000 to help fund the global mission around the world. And that is exciting to me because I have seen how dollars, and, and it may be, you might, I just don't have a lot to give, but everyone doing something right. enables the mission and it en enables people hearing the good news about Jesus. I am thankful that we get to be a part of a church that is a global church that is doing great things around the world. And we here at Real Life get to be a part of that. So way to go. And I think on that, another exciting thing that's happening that I want to make sure we touch base on is coming up, we're going to get to hear from two of very our very own missionaries that are coming out of real life. We've got on the 18th of July, the Gillies are going to be in the service with us and leading service, and we're super excited to be with their family. And then on the 25th, missionary Chad, as I'm calling him, from he's going to be our missionary, one of our missionaries at District Assembly. He's going to be with us. Not to be mistaken for hanging Chad. Right, no. And then um, another, we just confirmed this one the other night, but we believe on August 7th, no, on August 8th, the Miller family is going to be in person with us um, to share their journey of uh, ministry in Papua New Guinea. We had a chance to have dinner with them on Thursday night and and could have, we decided, spent a week together listening and sharing stories with each other. But um, we were so blessed by what God did through them and, and the ministry that God is doing in Papua New Guinea. And they're really excited to to just talk about that and what God's calling them to from here on out. So yeah. we're excited for you to be able to be a part of that. Volunteers. No. Nope. We... Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. Summer Youth Retreat. Best weekend ever. Um, that was a highlight of our summer last summer. We didn't get to have teen camp. We didn't get to have a lot of the normal things that we do with our teens, but we improvised, and we had an amazing intern in Taylor White who helped to organize that weekend and make that happen for a retreat-style weekend to happen right here in Murfreesboro. And it was such a blessing to have Jake Beard and to have Corbin and Grace lead us in worship and the ministry team. Um, but to see what came, and Zach, I'm sorry, um, and to see our amazing um, leaders that, that ministered and to see the teens that volunteered that weekend and spent time laughing and playing and, and having fun together, but to see what God is doing in the hearts and the lives of our teenagers. And so in, you know, in looking at this summer, I'm, I'm super excited that tomorrow's camp, but a little sad that it's not our, our best weekend ever here in Murfreesboro. But 
um, I have no doubt that God is going to do some amazing things this week in our teens and camp. It was a pivotal, it was a pivotal moment, I think, in the lives of our youth this yes. last year. And it really, I think, set the tone for a lot of the things that we've seen out of our youth this year. Absolutely. I'm excited. Um, they say that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Um, it's, it's a principle that is true of so many areas. But I am glad to say that here at Real Life, that's not exactly true. Uh, we have about 68 people who are on our volunteer roll, the list of people who are volunteering in some way, shape, or form at some point. And that means that here at Real Life, it, there's about 70% of people doing 100% of the work. Now, I think that that is amazing. There are pastor friends who would love that. But can I just say this? coming out of the season of COVID, uh, it was really easy for all of us to disconnect from the things that we were doing. I want to, to ask you to be thinking and praying about how you are volunteering. Maybe you've never volunteered and you're like, yeah, it's about time for me to do that. Let's have a conversation and get you plugged in. Those of you maybe have taken some, uh, some breaks, some, some hiatuses from volunteering, uh, which we all kind of had to do at some, in some way, shape, or form. Now, as we look to getting back to some semblance of normal, whatever that really is, we are going to be looking for our volunteer base to just to, to, to get back to it, to be serving, not because we've, we're, we've, we're asking and we're hounding. No, it's because you all recognize I get to partner with God and I get to start that here at Real Life. So thank you for the ways you have volunteered. Uh, don't think that since we've got 70% of, of the congregation that volunteers in some way, shape, or form, that means we don't have a volunteer need. We do. Um, it, it's something that we need to make sure that we are doing. But thank you for the ways you have volunteered. And I look forward to volunteers this next year. Youth membership, it was an exciting thing in November when we had almost 15 teenagers stand across the front of the sanctuary and join the church and say, I want to partner with the church in the ministry that's happening here at Real Life. Um, we were able to walk through with our teens what it means to be a member and what it means to be a part of the life of the church. And so we're excited to see that continue. I'm excited to see the ways that they are growing and the ways that they are seeking the Lord in their lives. And so um, that was no small moment here at Real Life this year. Yeah. Um, we had youth ministry panels. We had a panel of college students, a panel of adults, and a panel of senior adults that sat right here on Sunday nights with our teens, and our teens got to ask them questions. And it was amazing to hear some of the stories, and it was a funny to see. Sometimes uh, one of our teens was like, I didn't know that about my parent or my grandparent. Or uh, It was just so cool to see uh, the generations coming together as we are just seeking to make this a church that is truly intergenerational, which means we all can figure out how to worship together, how to serve together, how to love together, how to be church together. And so I love the youth ministry panels. Online ministry? It has been, it's not been without its challenges. <laughs> um, anyone who watched church with us during COVID can relate. Um, but it, it 
took hours of pulling things together and making things happen. And, and we would have Sundays, we've had Sundays over the last year where we've had to pivot and, and go online because of something that happened. And so we want to th say thank you for your flexibility. Um, we are so glad that we have this opportunity for those who are not in person with us to be able to be a part of the service. Those who say, you know what, I'm homesick today, but I can still um, join into the service with us. And so those that are uh, watching through our camera are just as valued part of this body as those of you that sit in this room. And so we say thank you to those who uh, work our cameras and work our, our screens and all of the things that go together to make our services happen. Um, we are so appreciative of the ministry that happens there. I want to kind of group a couple of these together. Um, baptisms this year uh, were exciting to watch people making that decision to enter the waters of baptism. Mm. Uh, college students that we've been able to connect with, uh, in part through the help of the Cranfords, uh, hosting a, a monthly luncheon at their house, us being on campus, connecting with college students, some of them showing up here uh, on Sunday mornings, working with the teens on Sunday nights, uh, serving and loving. It's been exciting to be a part of that. And um, to see even the youth leading a service, mm -hmm. I was talking to someone about youth ministry just recently, and they said, uh, do the teens ever, uh, do they have the ability to, to do a service? And I said, yeah, they did it. With the help of Colin and, and Grace, it was amazing just to be a part of, of that service that Sunday. And I think the teens themselves probably blew themselves away. They're like, oh, we can do that. To have them leading in song, but also preaching, it was awesome. Um, and another one of the highlights was this, our highway bags. That was kind of a brainchild. I don't know exactly who started that brainchild, but it, it has been a great thing. A resource in Ziploc bags with food, non-perishable food items. Those bags get prayed over and handed out to you so that when you are at a light and you see someone asking for help, you have something to give. We've encouraged you. Maybe you put a couple dollars in there to help out as well. But it has been exciting to see those who receive those bags just their life has changed because someone took time to prepare for them. Mm -hmm. So that was exciting for me. And on the last note, before I, I turn it over to you, is this. 2020, 2021 finances. Finances in churches across the board have taken a hit. Um, some more than others. Um, it, it's, it's difficult when people aren't present to, to, to be in that habit of, you know, f putting putting their tithes and offerings in the joy boxes and baskets and portal and all that kind of stuff. I, I, w I just want to say, church, thank you for the ways that you were faithful in your giving. Um, things were tight. Uh, and I think because of some money we had saved up beforehand, we were able to weather the financial uh, journey. Um, but as we get back, you know, we're starting to look at what can we do. This last year, we, we cut some things that uh, we could cut for a season. Some of those things we want to bring back. Um, we, we, I think, got a little more creative in some areas. And some of those things are probably going to stick. We're not going to go back to the way they were. Yeah. And so we've, we've taken what you give to God very seriously. Because we recognize you just don't throw money away. You're investing that in kingdom work. Mm -hmm. So thank you for your faithfulness. I remember our stewardship series that we did and some people who were able to start giving who had never really had that habit. 
and they they had their eyes and their hearts open uh, through that series. And so I'm thankful. You you can see the numbers there, uh, what was received, what was spent, what we gave to missions, how we've helped retired pastors as as a as a global church. Um, and how we have helped student scholarships at Trevecca. Thank you for your giving. Um, but Chris is going to share some stuff with you in, the, in just a little bit that um, is going to call you guys to think about um, how you give to the Lord. So I just want to say this has been a great year. And I'm looking forward to another one of those with, uh, with new adventures here at Real Life. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org. Thanks again for listening.